Hello everybody and welcome to Frontier Investigates, hosted by Frontier Current Affairs, the frontier of a new generation. In this sixth episode of the podcast, we'll be joined by Brian Crean, chairperson of Ogrefina Fall for Kildare North. This week, myself and my colleague Patrick Sharkey will be discussing the various issues surrounding the Irish government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as a small segment on party membership and youth involvement in the modern Irish political stage. My name is Sam Nugent, and this is Frontier Investigates. Hi guys, I'm Brian Crean, I'm the chairperson of Kildare North Ogrefina Fall, I'm speaking here from my experience as a lay member anyway, um, and just from what I've seen uh, working as an ordinary member of the organisation, uh, I'm in no way representing the party the whole, just have to clarify that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Patrick. I had a, I had a, I did a bit of a deep dive on, um, on a few of your social media. So I hope you don't mind. Um, I thought it would be interesting to find out a, a bit about who we're talking to first. Um, first of all, um, you're you're an ace man here. Uh, no, not an ace, unfortunately. Uh, I'm um, out in uh, Donaghy, but uh, I do I do a bit of work with James Lawless in, in Nace. Ah, of course. I, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. I'm an Aceman myself, actually. And I, I saw I saw Nace of here on, on on one of your one of your social media. So I was like, oh, yeah. really? Um. Uh, secondly, um, you're is it is it sure you're only twenty twenty one? Twenty two. Just gone twenty two there uh, at Christmas. <laughs> ah, so so you've done and you've done quite a lot of work for uh, Ogrefina Fall. Like even at twenty two, like you're quite active. You've been doing loads like you were your environmental policy maker and press relations officer before becoming chairperson yeah um i was press relations officer for the senior party in kildare north over the general election there and um, so you know i was, was running the social media for our uh, cdc there so that was interesting it was i was basically just going around with james and our other dog candidate uh frank o'rourke who unfortunately didn't get back in but james got back in um go to meetings with James, uh, you know, take notes, uh, do press releases and stuff like that. Um, and then as for the environmental policy maker, I did a portion on the old Grafina Fall policy booklet that came out a few years ago on climate change. Um, my main one was around oceanic wind farms um, because obviously living in Kildare and having family down in Clare, I'd be very well aware of on land wind farms and kind of the divisive issue that they are in uh, kind of communities. Um, I know for a fact that there's been a lot of uh, grief given to people over uh, wind farms in my area and uh, there's just not enough, well I felt anyway, not enough uh, of a push to go oceanic. Um, there's like, you basically streamline it where you don't have to do consultation with local community, trying to figure out whose roads you can go down to deliver the, um, deliver the windmills and turbines so uh yeah that was that was my main my main bit uh oceanic wind farms um in the geography fall environmental bit yeah uh, yeah that's that's really interesting and you, you did you did a, a lot of work as well as well as for climate change for the lgbt plus community uh, as well as like a bit of canvassing obviously oh yeah yeah uh, i was out rain shine uh during the that was my first uh kind of uh into the breach of politics i suppose um I met some canvassers at the door um, during the marriage quality referendum and uh, I just said, geez, lads, you're doing great work. Um, I had no real knowledge of how to get involved in that campaign. And I just said, can I go out with you? And they said, yeah. And I ended up uh, directing some canvases in my local area, Clean and Prosperous, just going on the doors, knocking on doors, telling people like this is, you know, an Ireland for all. You know, I, I, it was just one of the fundamental things I didn't believe that was fair on people like I'm very... Uh, very much about equality and if uh, if i if i have something why can't this guy have something um and then as for the other lgbt stuff i i don't think i've missed a pride in a long time um and i'm also the person who put forward the motion in ogre to found the phenophile lgbt network so that'll just be a section of phenophile that's devoted entirely to focusing on LGBT issues, trying to support LGBT candidates and just, you know, giving people a safe space in a political party to talk about the issues facing LGBT people. Because like, you know, if you're talking about a party of what, 18,000 members, give or take, you know, LGBT issues make up a small minority of those people. Like, you know, they might get lost in between Borden and stuff, potholes, other national policy issues. And it's just nice to have people to have a, a sectioned off area where they feel safe and those issues can take the limelight. 
Yeah, of course, it's it's really important. And I think what you said about um, yeah, the getting lost like in the in the crossfire almost uh, probably uh, makes a lot of sense. And um, you also mentioned uh, um, something I wanted to bring up about um, an Ireland for all. Um, I have a quote from you. It says, "I joined Fianna Fáil to fight for an Ireland for all." That means having to cut the tough conversations sometimes. But I wanted to like ask you, what what does that mean to you? Like an Ireland for all. I mean, it, it's a it's a very big, a very big phrase and holds a lot of weight. I think. Mm. Um, well, like an Ireland for all. Like, I suppose I'm very. As I said before, there, I'm I'm all about equality. Like, if if this man down the road has. Like if, if his parents come from a certain background, if my parents come from a certain background, and if Jimmy up the road who lives in the big house comes, his parents come from a certain background, I think we should all have the same, same kind of mindset, same opportunities. That's what we should have as young people. Like we're just out of the gate. Everyone has a fair opportunity. Some people like with special needs, they need a bit of a leg up on things. Like uh, my own sister has a autism ASD and like she obviously needs support. Um, you know, I, I've learned that from her. My brother has a very bad arthritis, so like he needs support uh, physically, but she needs them mentally. So like there's two people who, because of the system not exactly catering to everyone's needs specifically, there are people who are not getting an Ireland for all. Like it's it's not equal. Um, like an Ireland for all, I use it in my everyday day work and with you know, um, recently we had Ruth Cod on, and um, she's a TikTok person um influencer um yeah and she she uh, is an amputee and she talks about her experiences in amputee and she kind of normalizes it through a tiktok but like there's only five thousand amputees in ireland like the hse aren't under any obligation to keep that data on file for some reason i didn't understand it i haven't gotten an answer out of them yet um but like there's only five thousand amputees so if you think about maybe me if i was a td why like while i might care about 5,000 amputees in Ireland they're not going to be 5,000 amputees until they're like it's 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 for TDs they have to worry about what they can do the issues that they can tackle while not jeopardizing losing their seats it's 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 an uncomfortable thing to have to balance and it's it's something that they unfortunately have to do it's the reality anyone who says anything different <laughs> they're not going to keep their seat unfortunately like um I know James does some great work for an ACE hospital while he'd love to do great work for Tullamore hospital he has to focus on his local issues, you know, um, and that's that's why I like the phrase Ireland for all, um, and it's why I love Ochre. It's because I'm not an elected representative. I can just sit back, do my work for people like that. I can look at those 5,000 amputees. I can realise it's a gaping issue. I can tackle it. I'm not bound by the constraints of the electorate. Like, there, I know James does some terrific stuff in the background for for people who are outside his constituency god knows when we're on the campaign trail we're sorting out issues for people across the county south Kildare, north Kildare, uh, even people some people down in monopoly but like tds have to take care of their own patch unfortunately until we move away and we actually siphon off into treating them as national legislators instead of local parish-owned politicians um i know james is on the Dal justice committee so Thank God he's actually getting an opportunity to tackle national issues that's sort of there. But um, unfortunately, it's not the same for every TD. Um, so that, that's that's where I kind of come in with the Ireland for all stuff, and especially with over it. You know, you're not looking at local stuff; you're looking at national stuff. Yeah, and I think I think what you mentioned about Ogre, kind of like filling the gap for the the electorates. You know, like where where issues that are not necessarily uh, at the top of um, money. Um, TD's lists uh, can also can be filled by a lot of the the, the youth branches, not only of Ogre but of, of in fact um, other uh, youth parties, uh, uh, youth political parties. So uh, I, I kind of wanted to ask, um, in in this day and age, um, what what does party membership mean? Like, is it worth it? I know I studied a bit of politics in first year, and we were we were studying how. It's actually on the decline, um, particularly in particularly full membership. But um, why would one join uh, a, a political party or a political party's youth movement? Like, what is it? What has it done for you, and what can it do for others? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question, and it, it people people sometimes aren't renewing their membership. Like, look at the Green Party, the Young Greens. Like, like there's some great people there, um, and they're they're leaving, um, like. The, the, the fight and the bite in politics, I feel anyway, is going out of it. And there's a lot of people talking about politics, but there's a decline in people actually getting involved. So 
it's good in a way, bad in a way. Um, in terms of my membership of Fianna Fáil, um, in 2015, 2016, I started looking at politics when I was in TY. Um, my dad has always been involved in politics. He was very big into talk um, in terms of, again, focusing on issues that were affecting a small minority of people. Um, it was just uh, people who had heart issues and it was a little heart for a span that you could click if you ran into trouble and you'd have some sort of paramedic uh, by you as soon as possible. But like it was like that, that they're the sort of issues that I was raised talking about, you know, um, family are from Clare. So obviously you've got the impoverished people down there and, you know, politics is a big thing still in the West. Um, it's a big thing everywhere, but especially in the West. Um, I suppose I, I looked at uh, Sinn Féin. I hung around with some lads who did some work with them. Um, didn't I thought, yeah, sure, it'd be nice if uh, everyone was, you know, lived in a mansion and all that and everyone got a free house. I'm not saying that's their policy, but that's how out there some of their policies are. Um, I thought they'd some okay policies, not achievable in reality. Um, I didn't agree with a lot of the things that went on. I think there's some serious issues in terms of their arcoria, in terms of their membership, as we've seen with some members being bullied and having people call into their house recently. Like I, I could see hints of that um, when I was talking to people. Um, I did my TY work experience in Dal Aaron with Bernard Durkin, who's a deputy there still for my area. He did some good work up around uh, the Boglands. Um, I didn't know James at the time. It turned out he was doing the same work as Bernard um, for the Bog people. Um, but yeah, I went up met with fine gale did the work experience in Bernard's office and uh you know found them they're nice people sure but they're they're, they're not my people um i come from a really work class background um I, my dad's severely disabled and you know we we have lived paycheck to paycheck sometimes so i didn't think fine gale represented my people and the people that i wanted to maybe fight fight for in politics and then uh I, I went to the European Parliament as well, but that was on, under an independent Marine Park. And, um, she does some great work, but again, in independence, so I was looking at maybe more of an activist role opposed to a party role. Um, and I found that, yeah, while it's great being an independent, you're not constrained by a party. You're also limited by the support you have nationally. Um, and then I met James Lawless, um, who's been an absolute hero to me. Um, I know it might sound a bit cringe that in your TDs you're a hero, but like I've seen him fight for stuff. I've, um, I've seen him fight with the whole uh, uh, Eighth Amendment thing. Um, like he's he sat down talking to me a lot about it. Like as a young person, it was a very hard decision to make. And thankfully, I kind of came out the right side of it through guidance from him. And, you know, he supported myself and a lot of other Ogre members in there, and he's talked to us. Um, we've had loads of events with him in terms of his role as the Doll Justice Committee. And um, yeah, he's just an all-around great guy and someone who shares a lot of the beliefs that I believe in, in terms of equality and working for people who don't have anyone to work for them. Um, so yeah, I met James. He got me involved in being fallen. Uh, I was PRO in Kildare North over for a year, and then I was secretary for two years and now I'm chairperson. So uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's good because you meet lots of different people. Um, like in terms of the environmental policy, I am. Um, if you look at the program for government, there is a section about oceanic wind farms and uh, opposed to online on on land uh, wind farms. So like that's an older policy that I helped formulate. That's actually gone into a program for government. Um, you know we've got lots of meetings. Um, we've one coming up. Uh, we have one just gone actually with a UN youth delegate. We'd won beforehand with Fiona Lachlan and James Lawless and some members of the SWAI. So that's where we took TDs and um, had our input and talked with the actors like the Sex Workers Alliance Ireland and actually got over kind of having a bit of a voice in that uh, argument and that uh, issue. So like, it's it's good. Like, there, it's frustrating at times. Uh, I won't lie. Um, Ogre's brilliant. Senior party are very good to us. But sometimes we have more radical ideas because, again, we're not held by the constraints of the electorate or anything like that so like there are some issues that maybe like maybe like sex work where we're happy to test the waters dip the toes and that sort of uh, argument where a senior party mightn't be as willing to do that why we have tds who are willing as a national movement maybe we're not as willing so what i would say is to people like if you're very passionate get involved if you're just a little bit passionate support but whatever you want talk to people it's the people that make up a party party is just a word it's just a grouping but it's mainly the people who are in a party that formulate the policies formulate the movements like Michal Martin 
he has some great policies like coming from an asthmatic and he's the man who brought in the smoking ban like i have to say he's a bit of a hero in terms of that you know um and it wasn't a popular move like talk to people back then i don't think most people wanted it but it's turned out to be one of the best moves an irish government has ever made um so like you know talk to people uh if you want to get involved do get involved but approach people you know politicians are normal you know they're very normal like taking part in debates you know they're just regular people if you just talk to them so uh yeah that, that'll be that'll be like 10 cents yeah yeah and great stuff honestly um you, it makes a uh, makes a lot more sense putting it into perspective from from your own experience and uh of course even on james lawless like him being uh, a bit of a local legend here in, in mace he uh he's done a lot for our community um he's garnered a lot of support um so i can i can vouch from that um just before we get on to our main topic about the the pandemic and government's handling of it um I, you met uh, you actually met Michal martin last year i believe um is that right yeah, yeah, me, me, myself, James, and some other Fianna followers were knocking about Nace and Clane um, and Salins as well with Michal, uh, just talking to the community. Um, like we were aiming to have Michal Martin as Taoiseach. That was the end goal. And the leader of Fianna Fáil, we want, we want them to be Taoiseach. So uh, I suppose it was important for us um, to make sure that our people on the ground, members and members of the public alike, actually met the man that we wanted to put in. You know, it's, it's sort of about like, so very well and good talking like saying we want James Lawless in the doll, but James Lawless being a female member and us being a female member is not only voting for us, but you're also voting to have our party and our policies and our man in the top job, hopefully, um, which in the end happened, uh, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, me all came around. It was, I, like, I raised the issue of Ford and Mona um, with him at the time. Uh, James brought up the, the Stalin's train station and a lot of uh, other local local government issues um, around NACE. Um, you know, so uh, I think Brian Larkin, uh, he was a candidate in the last locals, was there as well. And he brought up the issue of, uh, what's what's your phrase again, Sam and NACE? Uh, NACE, the nice place to shop. Wasn't that the, the old sign? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. But like, it's, it's a great sign. Like uh, NACE is a, it used to be an absolute Burgeoning town, like it used to be an absolute hotbed of shopping and retail. Like it's great that we've killed our village down the south, but like we need something of the equivalent up here. And Nice has the possibility of being that. And uh, you know, it's 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 something that we were talking to him about anyway. But uh, yeah, me all came down with great crack. Was, uh, I got the old picture with him, it was my profiler for the duration of the election. So great buzz around him. Yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll we'll 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 start now uh, talking about the 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 pandemic and uh, the overall government policy. Um, I know uh, I know Patrick did a, um, a lot of research on this, and um, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll we'll start with the uh, with what um, what he has to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, very good talk there. You know, even though I was a wee bit lost on the nice talk, you know. <laughs> Loving in Donegal, Bunkrana perhaps, you know, the northwest part close enough to the area. It's not exactly, you know, it's um, a good distance from this. But, you know, yeah, some good talks and some interesting, some interesting takes on young people wanting to get into politics. But, you know, the big talk over the last 11 months, as much as we really want to escape it, it's it's COVID-19, you know. There's all these different debates, you know, and, you know, we're all... <laughs> You know, we're all becoming immunologists nearly by all the talk we're hearing about it. But um, yeah, so um, as you know, the chairperson of Ogrefina Foil in North Kildare, you know, what is your opinion on how the government has handled the pandemic so far? Um, yeah, I guess like I've, I've, I, like as a member of the youth wing, um, it's our duty to look after young people, um, that's our main demographic that we have to look after and um, you know lgbt young people third level people people in second level education and um, so like that's that's our main demographic i suppose we have been listened to um which has been great and uh, norma foley had a meeting with our second level uh, members about the leaving cert and also with our teachers like members who are going on to do teaching so like we are getting a lot of input um as for the other stuff, look, I love Olga. It's full of great people. Um, you know, I'm studying to become a second level teacher. So I don't think I should have much input um, on like immunology with like Donnelly and stuff. So there's no point in us talking to him about that. There's not going to be a lot, a lot of impact. So our main kind of sticklers are 
probably going to be youth based and they are have been youth based and we've come out fighting on the whole uh, leaving sort of thing um like if you check out keen domican he's from kill county kill there he's our current events and campaigns uh uh in Kildare north Ogre, and he's been doing some great work with uh, shane curley who's also a secretary teacher and a counselor down in galway they recently did an interview with our president of Ogre, um just giving a chat about their views um you know, it's 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 been an interesting few. Well, it's geez, it's scary to say it's an interesting year. Um, in this pandemic, um, for for Ogre, I suppose we've had to make the transition online, which in a way has actually made ministers more accessible for us. So we have had more input and stuff like that. If I'm to be honest, I think the level of input that we're getting nationally, I think normally, despite what some critics say, she is doing a terrific job. Um. I'll accept some people are unhappy with it, but there's more people in this than Norma Foley. There's the Department of Education, there's the teachers, there's the unions, there's the students. Um, like thankfully, the second level students union has actually been terrific in engaging with politicians. We were very fortunate to have them at a meeting with Cahill Crow and some of our other representatives, which Kildare North hosted. Um, so like that, 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 that's been good. But um, I think Norma Foley is is probably facing up to a horrible task because it's it, it no one's going to be happy at the end of it and she's going to have to make a decision and i wouldn't like to be in her shoes i don't think i'd be able to manage in her shoes um so i think with all the confusion she's actually doing quite a good job and um, if you ask more tds about the level of input that she's having like at the end of the day that's what people want they want input now what we want is is a decision so what orga has been pushing for uh and what we've been pushing for anyway is just for a decision, uh, like uh, if we want to a better term, put students out of their misery. Um, our vice chair, Ono Precoin, uh, he's sitting as leaving cert, um, and we've got uh, our treasurer, vice treasurer as well, Jack Fitzharris, he's sitting as leaving cert, and like they've had input, um, and all they want is a decision. Um, as for other stuff, um, I think we are doing pretty well. Um, in terms of the eviction ban, I think that's pretty good. Um, you know. The largest social housing budget in the history of the state like that's that's bloody terrific um and then one of the big ones i suppose but it wouldn't be over related um is bridging the pension bridging the pension issue so you know people over 65 don't have to sign on um like it's not a big ogre contention issue you know because i don't think we have many yeah. pensioners um, in a youth wing but um but like again it's again one of the it's one of them Ireland for all things and um, i will say i'm a bit disappointed with third level education um, I'm part of the students union then Carlo College I'm our year rep to the union and to be honest it's it's just ridiculous the level of um, aid that we've gotten like it's all right giving us that 250 quid uh, for Susie students and then the credit for of 250 quid for uh, students who aren't on Susie but like like it's, it's, it's all well and good like saying like all oh, the government aren't doing great job great job but unfortunately we've got a, a minister for you know uh responsibility third level students and he's still simping over uh wanting to be health minister again and doing instagram lives so like we've gotten little to no input the guidelines for gdpr regulation for recorded lectures that's one of the big ones that i've been hitting home with um from a carlo and um, college perspective you know people are having to go to work people are stressed you know and um, we had a COVID scare in my house there a while ago you know people mental health shot to shot to end like and like we've got no guidelines in terms of getting recorded lectures um the supports just aren't there for third level students um i know we we're kind of a bit older and we're maybe expected to look after ourselves but like it's just it's it's very grim it's very grim um, and i'm quite happy that it's not a fine fine fall minister who's uh, got the responsibility for letting us down it's it's Simon Harris and um, I've said it publicly I think it's a disgrace um that he's not addressing our issues and um, we've just been thrown a computer and 250 quid and that's not good enough and um, I think of all the ministers I have to say Daryl Brony is doing a stellar job and um, like after what nine years of fine gale in uh, in in government like Owen Murphy the last housing minister it, it was a uh, I, I couldn't fathom how we still how we, how we stayed there and I think Dara has it's not only the job work that he has to do to solve the housing crisis it's the job of work he has to do to undo the nine years of Fangale 
Um, I think he's he's actually doing a, a stellar job there um, in terms of some projects and actually actually going down and meeting with people on a local uh, authority basis, like, um, you know, actually talking to councillors, talking to people who are on the ground, opposed to just, you know, funneling, through, funneling it through the department. He's really taking a hands-on approach. And he's, he's getting a lot of grief over it. Um, like, I'm, I'm a member of a couple of housing action uh, groups and the amount of abuse and personal attacks that Dara gets is just despicable for a man that's doing his job. Um, you know, so I think overall we could be doing better, um, obviously, um, but it's it's a global pandemic, guys. Um, it's nothing we've experienced before. Obviously, I'd like to see us learning from it. It's the middle of a pandemic we've never experienced. We never could have seen this coming. Contingency, contingency plans just weren't going to cut it. We we'd no real safety barriers for this. So we're pretty much fighting on our feet um, from a government perspective. We've got our advisors. We've got some terrific workers there, but no country is doing this perfectly. Countries we thought were doing it perfectly. We've seen a turnaround. We saw Wuhan, where we thought that they were doing a, a brilliant job. Their life was going back to normal, and then all of a sudden, another spike in cases. Um, like I think the the Isle of Man. Maybe if we if we could all <laughs> learn yeah. from them. But again, they locked a guy up for visiting his girlfriend on a jet ski, and I don't think we'd be able to, you know, arrest lads for hopping over the border to leash, uh, you know, to do the shopping if they live down in Valley British or wherever. So, uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, obviously, you can critique people, but I, I think people need to be constructively critiquing. And there's a lot of TDs in Dollar who are just standing up and shouting, making noises, um, and not actually offering constructive criticism. As I was saying, there's a lot of people standing up making noise and not offering constructive criticism um, you know I don't have my own opinions on zero COVID stuff like that but I think people who are just aiming for sound bites need to cop themselves on this should be a team effort um, government aren't going to listen to you if you're just screaming at them that's the plan you know yeah 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 look um, that's fair enough like and um, you know I was going to ask you next what should have been done on better but you made it quite clear you know what you feel should have been done better and all the rest so yeah, but um, one thing, you know, which you've complained about the senior party about doing, you know, you've been quite vocal about is the decision not to pay the student nurses, you know, are you still maybe deeply annoyed about that, you know, and um, do you think they've been disrespected or what? Absolutely. No, um, look, I I think people should be paid for the work that they do. Uh, God knows I left a job for not getting paid for a, a job by a work I didn't do or that I did do. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, look, the student nurses, um, again, youth wing, we want to see uh, our members, some of our members are student nurses, um, and we were talking to them, and they were saying, like, it's, it's hard work. Like, you know, they're on the front line, and they're out there, they're doing the work, they're, you know, supporting the HSD. I don't see why we couldn't do it. Like, we could budget for it. Um, I will say I was disgusted by Sinn Féin that they're using the student nurses' pay as a political uh, baton to hit the government with. The motion that they put forward, I feel anyway, from my interpretation of it, was designed to fail. Um, I've said that publicly. I'll stand by it. It's a view that's shared by people in Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, um, and some other parties that I won't speak of, um, just because, you know, they've their position. But, you know, um, I, I did think that it was a political move, and it set back trying to get that pay restoration or pay, uh, pay to bridge that pay uh, issue. Um, I would like to see it happen. Um, obviously, um, we do have to be careful where we spend, what we spend on. Um, but I do feel as if they do, do deserve the pay. Um, we did call for it. Um, in fairness to us, we made statements about it. So, like, it is, it's needed, I suppose. It's fair. And, like, if apprentices are getting paid for doing plumbing apprenticeship, air conditioning apprenticeship, apprenticeships, everything else, I don't see why student nurses can't. Um, it's 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 not right and they need support and they need to see our gratitude i suppose yeah yeah look um yeah good enough talk, talking to you but um there's one big debate you know which and you're talking about Sinn Féin and as you can imagine with absolutely any situation that comes under the sun they're always going to push for an all-island approach you know they, they always are you know so what but you know surely you know of the pandemic and all the rest so like what was your opinion on the prospect maybe you know should we go for the online approach and just go one time? Um. Yeah. Look. Uh. I suppose I'm old enough that I I barely remember foot and mouth. Um. 
you know, it was the last, I suppose, big pandemic um, with the Spanish flu before that, but that was, I think, 1912-ish. Um, actually, get killed. Studying history. And I think an All-Ireland approach is needed. Um, I think anyone who says any different needs to take a look at themselves and whether or not their ideology overrides, um, I suppose, their ideology overrides the importance of human life. Um, you know, I, th- I think that was that's one of the main, I suppose, stopping points of peace on our island. Like, a lot of people suddenly realise that it's it's no longer feasible to put more precedence on your political ideology opposed to another human's life. Um, I think after the foot and mouth, it was a pity that we didn't see more all island approach in terms of emergency legislation, i.e. If there's a sudden outbreak, if there's a sudden pandemic, we need to see something kick in immediately, because as we've seen in the past and with Brexit, uh, maybe Westminster doesn't have people's uh, best interests at heart. Um, I'd like to see more more kind of cooperation between North and South, but we've already seen, I suppose, the DUP are already causing issues there. Um, we've seen that with the customs incident recently, um, but I suppose... People have to go to their communities and say, look, you mightn't like us, you mightn't like Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, SDLP, um, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure you're safe. Um, it's not a political thing, it's not an ideological thing, it's it's not a move towards a united Ireland, um, it's it's merely a move towards saving as many lives as possible. Um, like as we see in Donegal, Patrick, I'm sure you're well aware yeah. of it, um, you know, like you place a letter, Kenny, like people up there, they're hopping over and back to the border because they've no choice. And um, like Donegal is, is is it's not a very economically prosperous place, unfortunately. Like you've got some great people up there, it has some great possibilities up there, but just with the nature of it, it's not where the vast majority of jobs are. And um, a lot of people still have to go to Derry to seek employment. A lot of people have to pop over for schooling. And um, so like we did see where a place like Donegal, Monaghan, Cavan, a uh, place like that were absolutely crippled with the amount of COVID cases just based solely on the lackadaisy approach that the, the Northern Ireland executive kind of had to COVID. Um, in fairness to Sinn Féin, look, I do agree with them that we need a 32-county uh, united approach like this is one island. It should have one policy for COVID. Uh, COVID, it doesn't care about your politics. It's the invisible enemy. Um, it, it just wants to kill you, regardless if your union is Protestant, Catholic, nationalist, or anyone in between. Um, so we should have a united uh, front towards COVID. Um, I will say that it's very rich coming from Sinn Féin, saying all this about we need a united approach. We need to be more safe about COVID when they had all their Republican funerals, like, one of my dear friends from primary school and secondary school died there uh, last week and I couldn't go to his funeral. Uh, you know, I've, I've had plenty of people die that I wanted to go to their funerals, but I couldn't. And I just don't think it's, I think if Sinn Féin truly are going to be in any way morally kind of stand behind their want for an all-island approach to be it for medical grounds and to save lives, they need to be accepting that that also has to go for Republican funerals. Um, you know, I'm not going to state my ideology there. It's not really in keeping with the argument of life over ideology. But again, a funeral, no matter if it's a loyalist funeral or a Republican funeral or just any funeral, is going to be a large-scale one will result in deaths and COVID transfer rates rising. So that will be my 10 cents, I suppose, on it. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, you know, while many of us, you know, can't um, go to funeral, funerals and all the rest, another thing, you know, that's moved online is education in general, you know, right from junior mm-hmm. infants to, you know, doing your master's degree. But, um, yeah, and, you know, obviously there's certain subjects that can't be taught online and maybe it's about 100. And even though, like, I, I am studying journalism and, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, can, it can be done online, but... It just doesn't the same, you know. Surely, you know, maybe is there an essential element to education which has been neglected? Because the government's shown earlier, you know, back at the end of twenty twenty, that yeah, schools can open safely, and there hasn't been any major outbreaks. So maybe you know, is it an essential service which has been denied? 
Um, yeah, see, it's a lot of it comes down to not even the school itself. It's the surrounding mechanism of getting to and from school, I feel, and the staff that you don't see directly involved and just the general administration schools. Like, take myself, for instance. I have to get two buses, one to Nace and one down to Carlow just to get to college, and then that's two trips back. So that's in total four exposures to a bus full of people who might have COVID, who I might have COVID, and, uh, you know, it could be a spreader. Um, you know, you have people come from, uh, you know, from Crana, people from Monaghan, uh, people from Kildare, Clare, Offaly, people from all over traveling to colleges. Um, you know, like, I think colleges, it's much more plausible to work online. While I hate it, I, I don't like it. Um, and my college is doing a great job of it, in fairness to them, but I don't enjoy it. I do feel that bringing colleges back could be more of a risk than bringing say uh, secondary schools and primary schools back um as for the rural broadband plan if uh if fine gail had done a good job of that we wouldn't have a lot of the issues in terms of uh, the actual connection to schools that a lot of students are facing like uh, my mother's partner's son uh, jack he was sat out in the back garden on two bars of internet trying to get uh, access to his online class the other day because uh, our wi-fi just packed up because there's What's about six of us involved in education in my house? Um, all trying to do it remotely online. Um, in terms of the essential service, I do get you. Um, you can't do music practicals. You very hard to do Irish orals. Uh, you know, especially with your trying to get your cultural stuff. Uh, if you're doing the Connacht Irish, maybe. Um, and I, I suppose uh, you've home economics. You've got the the sciences. Um, and like there, it's impossible to do them online. From a practical standpoint, so I suppose they're they're delivering it as much as they can. Um, like you know, we we we've been very good in this country in terms of delivering education under strenuous circumstances. And um, you know, back back in the day before uh, Don O'Malley uh, introduced a uh, free second level education for all, and um, you know, it was always a striving for people to get education. You know, we've got longer, we've probably got the longest summer holidays in Europe, just down to people not being available to because they leave to help with harvest. And during the summer, and you know, they wanted to give those rural boys as much of a chance as the city boys, I suppose. So, um, I suppose they're doing doing the best they can. Um, I will say that from the Department of Education standpoint, a lot of the press release, a lot of the information is being released on the Friday evening from the get go. Myself and a couple of other members of the involved would be kind of inclined to be interested in the education standpoint, have been criticizing that. Um, I know Sorka McNeil up in uh in me was informing me that like it's 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 a stress on her like she understands that the department does great work but you know it's it's um it's it's still a stress into teachers you know because you like to have your weekends off it'll be much more constructive to maybe do it on a monday something like that um or at least sometime in the day you know but it's just little things like that i suppose in education just you know making it as possible as possible and as for the return to education with the new variants and the new strains, I'd be concerned. Um, I will say there hasn't been outbreaks that I've been aware of in schools to the level that I was fearing. Um, but I, I'd be pretty happy that Stephen Donnelly, um, you know, I know some people criticise him. Uh, he's, he's not perfect, no politician is, but he's actually doing quite a good job for someone who was dropped into the middle of a pandemic as health minister. Um, so he's actually doing a stellar job if you look from that perspective. I do trust that there will come a time when we can make a safe return to school. Um, as for special education teachers, from my own personal opinion, I think that they should be bumped up the list for vaccines because if anyone has any experience in special education, social distancing isn't going to work. It's never going to work. And as for the hygiene, those poor, poor children, it's just not going to work. And so they would be a very high risk of contracting COVID. Um, no matter how you really do it. So that that'll be my main viewpoint on education, I suppose. Um just I I suppose the main thing to be safe that'll be that'll be my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um now, you know, it's a, a lot of it's doom and gloom and all the rest like but you know, with multiple vaccines about um 
there tends to be light at the end of the tunnel. While us in Ireland, we have had, you know, the best rates within the European Union. You know, if you compare it to places like the UK, probably, you know, Wales haven't actually been doing too good, but and and Israel and as Israel too, say what you want about the place, but they're doing they're flying with their vaccine rules. So like how has it been what has your opinion been so far, you know, on the way the vaccines are rolling, being rolled out? Um, I suppose, again, you're dealing with... I don't think the, this this kind of approach to vaccine has ever been like this. Like, it's it's really hell for leather. Like, people are working around the clock. Uh, and I think, like, the work that Luke Martin's doing, and especially Tony Hoolan, I suppose, like, I, I criticise him a bit, uh, Tony Hoolan, for whatever reasons, but... Um, you know, they are keeping the public informed, like uh, Stephen Donnelly um, is keeping people informed, um, you know, through social media. And it goes back to, I suppose, one of the great things about Irish politics is they're so accessible. Like, I I do see him responding to people's comments on Twitter, their concerns. You know, they are very accessible and they have been keeping people in the know in terms of vaccine. Um, like, I think a rush on the vaccines might impede the uptake just from my own skeptical standpoint like I'm getting the vaccine um, I want to go back to coppers lads <laughs> no more than any other man um, but like there are people who are seriously concerned and like as we saw with the news coming out about the AZD vaccine and then we've got the, the other variants of COVID we're not 100% on their effectiveness on those variants like if they were to just run straight out the gate and say you know oh yeah we're doing it you know Beck it one one or on there um you know people would start to think are they really thinking this through so i think it's it's a case of slow and steady will win the race and um, you know i'd hate to see anything go wrong with these vaccines like we have to make sure every step away from double checking stuff triple checking stuff like because as i said it's people's lives it's it's not public policy it's not public expenditure it's people's lives and i think the fact that maybe the rollout isn't as quick as we wanted i think that's nearly a good thing because it shows that they're being a bit more diligent with them, being a bit more careful. And I think that is what we need when we're dealing with such a huge issue that anyone can be affected by. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, yes. Yeah, so, Kildare is our level, but, you know, I was looking at there doing the research. You have been, I know you had the extra three weeks over the off in leash. So, that actually puts you as the most the longest county in lockdown in the whole county in the whole country so like you know how how tough has it been like because you know to to put it mildly we're suffering here in Donegal we're definitely definitely suffering so like I can imagine you know it's it's that wee bit worse in Kildare <laughs> yeah um I won't lie um I ended up hating a lot of people during our lockdown because uh you were getting snapchats from the, the lads down in Galway or Clare or uh even the lads in Leash and uh, Offaly, after they got out of their lockdown and uh, they were going off on their staycations and I could barely go to Nace. Um, <laughs> so it was a bit grim, but look, it is it is what it is, lads. Um, like, from my own standpoint, like, people in the party have been great to each other. Um, we've seen people support each other. Like, everyone's mental health is really shot. Um, as politicians, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to talk about, you know, Um there's a, you're always going to get people because you're being involved in grief, so it's not always easy to say, you know, not feeling great, you know, it's 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 it's, it's a bit of a cutthroat uh, political realm at the moment, like, especially with the emergence of the far right and the far left, so, like, as politicians, it's, it's not been easy. Um, like, I, I know plenty of public reps who struggle with this, who really struggled, like, and as we see, it's all your way, Charlie McConnell, actually, had, had, a, had COVID and had yeah. to self-isolate. And, uh, you know, like some of the abuse he was getting on, like, jeez, it, it, it was great. It was great. It was, it was shocking, like. And I, like, jeez, thankfully, as far as I know, Charlie's in the mend. Uh, it was from Boko, like, you know, well able, like, but, uh, but like, from a mental health perspective, it's, it's terrifying. Like, none of us know how COVID's going to affect us. Like, I could get it tomorrow, I could die, or I could be grand. But, like, none of us really know. So, like, for people to attack the likes of Charlie on Twitter, it's just, mm, I mm, think anyone oh, yeah. does that needs to take yeah. a long, hard look at themselves. Mm. And so, like, it's been hard, it's been hard, but like, James, in fairness, isn't very good, but um, it, I say it's been harder on him because he's been the one actually down the office and he hasn't been able to get the staff down in the office and all that. Um, so like, he's, he's still taking reps, even though he's, you know, on lockdown, same as us, uh, same as the other PDs, I'm sure, but like, 
you know, it's it's hard, but like, look, it's there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose. That's that's what we keep telling ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, of you know, surely, um, you know, things like children's clothes are essential. You know, you know the way you know, infants growing all the rest of the stuff like that. You know, you might go into holiday, they might be, you know, they might have boarded off things like children's clothes and other things, but then you might walk around to the other end and you might see stacks of Easter eggs. Like, so what? You know, as it um. Yeah, you know, so have they maybe got it wrong in some departments like that? Yeah, they have got it wrong, and I've uh, I've said publicly that they got it wrong. Um, I've emailed an emergency about it. Um, uh, I I've emailed on behalf of my unit about it. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a to put a bit of a, a dark humor perspective. Let them wear cake, you know. Um, I don't see why Easter eggs are allowed and children's clothes aren't. Um. You know, as for pennies, um, I'm against fast fashion and all that sort of stuff. Um, probably tell them wearing the same jumper that I wore in Clareburn, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm not about the, the fast fashion. Um, so, like, you know, but, like, there, there's people, they still need to buy clothes for the kids. You know, they need to get socks, they need to get underpants, stuff like that. Um, I like babies puke, you know. I know that lads our age might not have as much experience with children, but, you know, they do dirty their clothes. New clothes are needed, so like, um, I suppose same as Simon Harris. Um, it's one of the fears I had with going in with a uh, fine gate. I suppose it's uh, another two ministers letting down people, and um, like the Mac Mr. for Justice. I suppose uh, children's availability to clothes fall under her jurisdiction more than likely. Uh, I know Stephen Donnelly maybe could be hitting that as well, but like he's health minister, I suppose it being a bit more niche. Of an issue, and um, I suppose how the McAtee should be getting it. And um, again, she's a, she's an expecting mother. I don't see why she, why she isn't getting it um, as a minister. So uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that the, they should be accessible. And um, I don't see a difference between someone popping in to do the grocery shopping and then picking up an Easter egg and then picking up a new bib for the baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, might, I might just in, I might just interject and just say. Um, I mean, maybe maybe the government feels like if they don't implement policies like these, they'll be accused of not doing enough. Um, although it might not make a lot of sense. Um, I mean, everyone in the world is in a desperate situation, and even if something as trivial as as um, as sh- stopping clothes shopping might even just to a minimalistic effect curb the spread of the virus. But again, I, I personally, I wouldn't, I, I don't agree with it. I'm, I'd be on the same boat. I think it's a bit, a bit. Just a bit nonsensical in certain senses, but um, yeah, that would be my take on it. Well, look, if if people are going into them shops, um, I've never known someone to go buy specifically baby clothes, like especially like say take Tesco and Nace or somewhere. Like you know, you're going to be going in, you're going to pick up your few bits. Like you always pick up the odd thing in when you're going shopping. So I don't see why a shop should have anywhere cordoned off. Like, I completely agree with them courting off, say, toy sections and stuff like that, like non-essential things. But I I think it's maybe the government aren't that aware of it. Maybe it's just one of those things that's fallen through the cracks. Um, I just wouldn't know. Um, one thing I w- would like to see in terms of shops, I think it would be an actual proactive approach. Um, it was something I raised with, uh, I think, Little and Nace was they informed me that their headquarters weren't actually directing them to implement the no mask, no service policy. So there's people bopping around with no masks and little, and like I went there for the weekly shop. We try and reduce it to the weekly shop now just for COVID. And like I kind of got my mom has underlying health conditions and we were having to walk past this Coco on the phone, you know, blurting away with no mask on. Um, and like then there were staff members who had no masks on. And, uh, and like Dr. Tony Ullman has actually come out and said that the visors do nothing. So like, their staff members just wearing visors so like i think that'd be a much more proactive approach um in terms of making people actually wear the masks in shops obviously like you know people with autism people with breathing difficulties they should be exempt if they have to be but yeah i think there are more proactive things that they could be doing that wouldn't involve banning buying children's clothes yeah 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 you know it's um it's it's just maybe one of many examples that just maybe shouldn't have been there you know and but yeah, look, um, it was brilliant talking to you. And you know, before we go, and hope you hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. And 
know, maybe me and Sam might be back, maybe Sam might be back, and I won't just don't know that the future's up in the air, say, but look, um, we touched on later your political career and all the rest of it, so um, cast your mind to 2031, 10 years down the line, where do you see your involvement with Fianna Fáil or just in pockets in general? I know you're also involved with SDOP as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, since the, since the uh, policy kind of agreement we had with the SDOP, I decided to get involved. Um, you know, I've always been a huge admirer of the work that they do. Um, we've got some great uh, members up there like Sean Dermot Kelleher, uh, Ron O'Shea, uh, I think Thomas Foyes, also a member of the SDLP up there, like they're older members who just were passionate about the North and um, we would have gone up to Belfast Pride every year and um, just to strengthen those relations, like I think the SDLP do match up with our viewpoint as kind of centrist, centre-left, um, so like, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to, to, to be involved with the SDLP, um, obviously I don't live up there, so I don't want to get too involved, I'd be stepping on people's shoes and um, same as if, if someone from, you know, Derry came down and tried to start making noise in Kildare North over Fianna Fáil. They don't live here, so, like, you know, it's, it's our thing. That's their thing. Um, as for, like, my own political career, um, that's up to the people up to there. Um, I suppose as long as James is TD, I'm not going to be on near that. Um, I think there's no better man that we could ask to have representing us um, in the doll. Um, obviously, I'd love to get involved at the local level. Um, I'm currently working with Councillor Paul Ward and James and uh, Councillor Darcy Patrick and a couple of other local lads uh, fixing some issues in prosperous kind of Donaghy Staples town. Um, like I suppose coming from a really rural area uh, that didn't exactly have a have great representation. You know, I do like fixing issues. Um, it's all, I know it's a bit weird to say, but I get a great buzz off and uh, fixing issues. Like I got someone's. Uh, I got someone's bins fixed there the other day, just a random constituent. Uh, they didn't have time to do it themselves, and I just emailed them, I rank three and chairperson, whatever. And we got it sorted like it. So it was, I got a great buzz off that. Like, same as people who enjoy running, same as people who enjoy charity work. I get a great buzz off just helping people. Um, I, I suppose I'll, I'll always be being involved as far as I can tell. Um, I really found my home here. Um, you know, people, as I said, Thomas Foy, Ron uh, O'Shea, like, uh, Jack Ryan down Oslick, and um, they're just people like me, people who are working class who didn't have a privilege of bringing in a fight for where they're getting. And uh, people just like helping folk, I suppose. Um, I'd love to take a run of council at some stage if the, the Fianna Fáil members will help me, I suppose. Uh, I'll not rule it out, but uh, as for TD, uh, I've got some of there, and I'm not going there. <laughs>